Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We've got Jordan Love, who's going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Excited to uh, talk to Utah State's quarterback, of course. Gordon, uh, you did a, a column or, or what, a feature feature column? Yeah, it's a, I mean? yeah, a feature column. On him last year that I thought uh, I, I love a lot of your columns, but uh, I thought that one was particularly good. Yeah, he has an interesting story, but man, is he he is really really good. I'm not sure that your average college football fan in Utah understands how good he is. Really? Is that a fair thing to say? I, don't I know. know. I know the educated uh, the people who. Oh, no, I sound like Bronco. Your level of criticism matches your level of no, education? No, no, just uh, it, it, uh, b- b- people who are in the know, I'll say it that The level way, of criticism usually matches the level of education. <laughs> it's really Gordon good. Monson. But uh, a lot of people just sort of, yeah, not sure. And he is good, and I expect him to be really, really good this year, too, in spite of the fact that he's got a— a whole new offensive line in front of him. And he's got new targets at receiver. That's, that's and right. There's yeah. going to be some challenges, but I'll take the I'll t- if QB1 is really good. Yep. That's a that's a big part of any team. And he is. So, we'll talk to, to him. Talk uh let's talk about BYU's quarterback for a moment. Hans had a chance to catch up with Zach Wilson at practice yesterday, and he's somebody I think a lot of a lot of folks out there believe can become a player like that, and uh, he's had uh, dealing with injury issues, and he'll talk about some of that here. Uh, talk about uh, his mom's Twitter account uh, on here, which is uh, a little bit interesting. But uh, I thought Hans had a really good conversation. Thought we'd give our listeners a chance to hear that now. All right, I'm here with second-year BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach, what is this? The fifth practice, sixth practice? Yeah, sixth yeah, practice. We're up there. Yeah, I think sixth practice. There? Full pads. First day of full pads. First day of full pads. So how'd it feel? First day of full pads. It was all right. You know, we were a little bit slower. We started off well as an offense, but, um, you know, we got slow, a little lazy at the end. But I know it's something the guys are going to take, take, you know, into the film room and our preparation for tomorrow and make sure that we pick that up. How'd the offense do today as a whole? Did well. We started off well. Um, we, uh, I know we let off the gas pedal a little bit towards the end. I know we can't let that happen. Some mental errors, some stupid mistakes by everybody a little bit all the way around. Um, we just need to learn how to finish better. I, I actually want to walk back a little bit and go back to spring ball, Zach, when you were out and having to watch that offense produce and churn. And you're watching Jaron Hall have great practice after great practice. And the offense looks solid, you know, through spring ball. How tough was that to sit back and watch that? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because you always want to be out there helping produce with the team and, and, you know, being part of the team and making sure you're learning the offense and stuff. But, uh, you know, it was obviously a time I was able to, you know, try and work on some other things. And um, the offense did a great job of, uh, you know, keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the guys were learning and, and doing well. So, you know, it's hard, but at the same time, you know, I understand the circumstances of it. Does that take a toll on confidence at all? Does that – do you have to rebuild the confidence? Or, or as you're watching it, your thought is, ah, when I come back, things are going to be just fine? Yeah, I mean, personally for me, 
me. I feel like my confidence kind of elevated even more just because my, I, I tried to increase my mental game. So the more I was, you know, studying film and watching, I felt like I was still taking those mental reps and that my confidence was still growing. You come across to me as a meticulous film study type quarterback. Just as I watch your, your games, I watch your play and I watch your decision making. It looks like you spend a lot of time with film. Where does that come from? I just realized that, you know, the physical aspect of a quarterback is there's so many guys that can throw a good ball. And it's it's something different that separates, you know, the good from the great. And I think taking it into the film room and trying to prep my my mind and for things that I'm going to be seeing out here beforehand is, is such a huge fact, um, you know, little tendencies you can pick up. And so um, once I got here, I figured out how big of – um, an effort I wanted to make in the film room, making sure I'm watching, you know, certain role models I have or, you know, watching future opponents and, you know, last year's game reflecting on stuff just to bring it all together. And then when we get out here, you know, it runs through my mind. It's kind of like, okay, I remember watching this and seeing this. Now, how can I apply it while I'm out here? Does it make it easier? 100%. Yeah. 100% makes it easier. Um, I know that you also, I know that your dad obviously played the game and I know he's a mentor of yours and, and a hero of yours. How much does he help you with these things? No, a ton. I talk every day after practice about how things went, what things happened. You know, we watch film together and, you know, he'll, he'll give his insight on what he thinks and, you know, I'll explain a little bit of what I was thinking and what should have happened. And, you know, so it's always good to have someone to talk to about stuff. Uh, your mom's pretty vocal on social media about, you know, wanting colors and wanting music and, mm-hmm. and those things. Do you like that mom's engaged with the fans? Yeah, I think um, I think she just wants to do anything she can to help. And, you know, we grew up Utah fans and stuff. And so she's seeing their atmosphere. And so she kind of wants it to be a little bit more live and a little bit more, you know, people just coming in and having a good time and people wanting to show up to games no matter what happens. And so um, she just kind of wants to maybe she's not she's not so much of an old school BYU fan, but she wants it to be like, a you know, a new kind of thing. She wants to bring the new uniforms and the new swag in and, you know, be a fun, cool team. People can't have a problem with that, man. Yeah, exactly. She just wants it to be bigger and better. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's got to be fine with that. Yeah. Uh, your shoulder and this, the uh, the uh, the rehabilitation and what you've gone through, where are you at percentage wise? Do you attach a percentage to your your shoulder strength and your throwing ability? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not 100%, obviously, but, um, you know, it's good enough if I had to play or good enough to come out here and run scrimmages and practice and stuff. And every day is a little bit different. Some days you feel better. Some days you feel worse. And, um, you know, I kind of just play it by day. I definitely feel like by the first game I'll be 100%. I'll be better than what I was last year. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest key. I think it's almost a blessing in disguise. I'm learning how to. I'm learning to have to do other things to compensate for my arm being down, and so I think that's a, you know, a good thing. I know that that type of injury you don't want to take heavy impacts, heavy loads into the ground, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Are you working on ways to get rid of the ball to not take those shots? Yeah, I'm definitely trying not to run the ball as much this year. That was one of my big pushes this off season is, you know, no running quarterback ever lasts in in any system in any game. And, and so that's one of my big pushes is to find my last options. Where's my back? You know, how can I get the ball out of my hands, throw it away, stuff like that. And um, that's one of the things I'm trying to apply out here. I feel like you've got the weapons to throw to. Yeah, for sure. It would be a solid team. Got some good dudes. Seems like you've got some really good dudes. Bushman, obviously, probably primary target. And it looks like you got some good wideouts. Mm-hmm. Anybody starting to merge as a outside of Micah Simon and Olivia Hefo and some of the usuals? Mm-hmm. Are there any guys that are emerging as, as receiving threats? Shoot, Gunnar Romney's a, you know, a guy that you know was a good player last year but had some injuries come upon him and you know this year I think he's gonna kill it 
Um, all of our backs look great. I think that's a big push. Um, you know, 11 Micah, Dax Millen is a stud. That dude's going to kill it. Um, Bushman, a couple of our other tight ends are good. So. They, they, they scholarshiped him finally, didn't they? Yeah. Milne? Yeah, they did. Yeah. He deserved it. He's a tough dude. Yeah, he came out and earned it year yeah, one, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, he did. Really tough guy. Uh, is your offensive line treating – are you treating your offensive line good? That's, that's my to. question. Trying to. I try to go in and, you know, get have up you, Have you bought any TVs yet? <laughs> shoot, if I had the money, I would. <laughs> uh, last year we went to dinner together, but I yeah. made them buy their own food because oh, I don't do. have money. So uh, yeah. everyone's got the same check. So yeah. we kind of just do that. But, you know, we'll have to get together and do a little dinner or something again sometime. Zach Wilson quarterback at BYU. A few things coming from that. and We talked about the health of his shoulder in the 3 o'clock hour. What do you make of him talking about his mom who's been an advocate for uh, the game day experience and has talked about some things, but he almost put it as his mom wants it to be more like a Ute game. Yeah, I mean Hans said you can't complain about that, but you have to be careful with, with it because you know, changing things up that are have been the way they've been down there. Is it perfect? No, but I mean, I don't know how the fans are going to react to that. They might be a little a little grumpy about that sort of thing, but I actually think that all universities, BYU included, should be really focusing on their game day experience and how that sure. they can make it better. Right. And I think BYU is, by the way. And, and Hans mentioned this, but I guess they've hired a a company to come in and help them form a, a tailgate or a more organized type tailgate, that sort of thing. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And and I've always wondered this, Gordon, maybe you can uh, explain it to me. I realize that there are there is booze at a lot of tailgates, but does that have to be a requirement? I mean, isn't that that's what I've been told in the past why BYU has shied away from like a tailgate game time experience because they're worried about alcohol or whatever. But I, I never really understood that. Why why couldn't fans get together and tailgate in the manner in which they want to tailgate? Yeah, you would think they'd be able to do that. And, uh, you know, because they have parties, you know, without alcohol within that fan base. Yeah, right. I mean, so uh, why worry about that? Like, uh, I guess uh, they still have ward Christmas parties, right? Even though hey, at other grill, Christmas grill parties. Up, grill, up, grill up some meats, you know? Enjoy yourself. I don't the think, way you normally do. I never understood that. I And again, I realized that alcohol is a component in a lot of tailgates, but I never thought it would be a requirement. Especially if you're, you see different fan bases have different vibes at the their game day experience. or so. But I always thought that that was something that was missing at BYU was the whole game experience cause, or the, yeah. the game day experience where it's, you know, you get psyched about your team and you show up hours before and you see friends and family and then you go to the game and it all culminates with a win or loss or whatever. Couldn't but agree more. I, I never understood why hide from it because BYU does have that culture where it's show up for game time and then go home after the game. And for one thing, if you can get people getting there a few hours earlier, that might help with a significant traffic problem that they have down there. Yeah, yeah, that would help to bring it in a bit at a time. But uh, to say that, well, you know, you're busy with family things and whatnot, well, every college football experience, you know, those fans have families too that they like to spend time with, and they can come to the to the uh, the parking lot or an area around the stadium and, and have a good time? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a matter of creating traditions. 
You see, and that's the fine point that I was trying to get at earlier, is to say, yeah, you want to make it bigger and better. Yeah, you want to make it bigger and better. Okay, that's fine. But when you start saying, you know, change this and change that, you know, things like uniforms and, and things, I mean, those uniforms are important to some people down there. You know, they don't want the parents of the current quarterback to come in and start saying, no, nah, that, that's not good enough. You got you know, that's. I got it. But sometimes traditions need to be changed. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with what her perspective might be. I'm just saying that some fans might. Yeah, maybe. And and some fans down there are a little more set in their ways than others, I would imagine. But I never understood why they wouldn't embrace a, a more passionate game day experience. And it sounds like they're moving in that direction, regardless. So, so of- let's get specific here about what what would improve the BYU football experience. What would make it better? You already brought up the tailgating, you know, the the get-togethers, the, however you want to describe it. Um, uh, that 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 always is cool. Every football environment I've ever gone to, as I was walking through the stadium, uh, walking through the outside of a stadium, it's it's cool to see people getting together, having a good time. Well, and they're doing some other things, too. I think that'll help. Uh, some of the, the light renovations that they're doing where they're making easier pathways yeah. and things like that, I, I think, go a long way. I had, Improving the quality of the food at concessions. Right, uh, right. Uh, I had a, uh, an, an interesting conversation with Jake Hatch, uh, of course, producer for DJ and, and PK, and his dad was involved in their, um, I guess, in Wi-Fi, wiring the building to make it a more, you know, interactive experience with your phone or tablet or whatever you're you're doing down there. I think little stuff like that goes a long way. Why do they prevent people from going into the stadium until a certain point before the game? Uh, there, there's probably a reason that might be good, but why? What? Why not let people in and let them, let them buy food, sit down and eat, have a party? In the stadium. What are they worried about? What are the concerns there? Is there some liability? I have no idea, to be honest. We'd have, we'd have to ask. I don't know. What else would you change? You've been down there for BYU games. You've you've observed what's going on. Well, I'd love to change the game times, but as we've talked about yeah. so many times, there's really really not a whole lot you can, uh, you can do about that. Would you change BYU's uniform? No, but I also think that uh, like the the alternative or throwback uniform is such a big deal these days, and and BYU does do that sometimes. They have the uh, the, the royal the blackout and the blackout and yeah. that sort of thing. So, the, would you change it back to the royal blue? I always liked that more. Yeah, but that was that was just me. Well, the the reason they changed it in the first place was because they said they thought the fans would be more likely to wear the navy blue yeah. instead of the royal blue. The royal blue looks better. Well, I don't know, because the navy blue seems to see, suit Utah State just fine. But the royal blue kind of—you got to be careful when you mess with your branding. Well, they messed with it before. I know, but th- that's what I'm saying. I'm not so sure that that was the uh, the best decision. I see. Yeah, okay. Something well, like your basic school colors. I think it's it's more difficult to—, to go away from that and by the way i think this is it's a different story in the pros sometimes than it is in college it's college as you pointed out earlier in the segment you get so steeped in the tradition and all that sort of thing going away from the school's colors that seemed like that seems a bit extreme to me 
we can talk about this all we want, but the parent of a player might th- that that might be dangerous territory for them because people can get mad at me and you. You don't want people getting mad at your starting quarterbacks. Uh, uh, what expressive parent? Yeah, but this is America. She could yeah, say well, what she wants to say. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, this sort of thing, and I, I do agree with Hans on on this. I think there's a big difference between this sort of thing and blasting a coach for not playing her kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a big difference between this and and say, what if what if Zach Wilson's mom during a game, you know. Said, why can't these receivers catch the football or right. something? Or why right. can't this old line block? I mean, they no, did. we'll leave that to Giselle. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, but but that I think is is much more controversial than. Uh, that, well, I don't that, even know what she's expressing. I might agree with everything she would say, right. you know. But I get what you're saying, though. You don't want to draw unneeded negative attention on the player on on Zach. But I, I don't think that's Zach needs to be careful with this. that whole thing while Utah's football experience is better than what we got down here, if I'm paraphrasing. It is different and it will always be different. Is it better? Well if you are a rum drinker it's probably better. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they're trying to avoid down there. Right. No 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 I I, I I'm speaking tongue in cheek. Uh I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it, it will never be the same. But I, I don't understand why BYU fans can't get there a couple hours early, pop open the smoker or something, have the, throw the football around. I mean, all the all the fun stuff you, you play cornhole or whatever. I mean, Some all the fun stuff you hear at the. I have it, seen that. I have it. seen it too. Yeah, and they've had kind of a small disorganized. Um, and I know some of the guys who do the tailgate down there, so no offense uh, to, on the disorganized comment. But it isn't, you know, all that organized. They've they've moved from spot to spot over the years, and the university at one point actually pushed pushed them further away. And I think they've gotten closer. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think game day experience is part of what makes college football great. And that that does have to do with tailgating and was that there, sort of thing. Was there anything else he said during that interview with Hans that uh, struck you? We talked about his health a little bit earlier, but was there anything else you heard that uh, well, caught your attention? It sounds like uh, this has been a bit of a journey for him going through this situation with his shoulder and having to kind of adapt things. It sounded like when Hans asked him about spring ball, it was probably pretty hard sit off to the side and watch other guys doing it. Sounds, you know, like we had this discussion the other day. If you go through a major injury and recovery, it's going to alter gonna alter how you view things. You would expect Zach Wilson to be better in his sophomore season than in his freshman season. Especially if he was dinged up as bad as he makes it sound. I, so I he wonder, should be better. He says he's better now than he was last year. Or he time. will be by the time week one comes around. I thought he said he already is. Yeah, we'd have to go back and listen to that. Cause I, anyway, I, I don't know. Because being injured, we saw this with Donovan Mitchell in the offseason last year. Sometimes that can hamper your improvement because you're not able to go out there and work. That's 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 a good point, because I assume he was working hard last year, leading up to the first game. Oh yeah, I'm sure because he was trying to establish himself as a quarterback. Well, he was and trying then, to beat out Tanner Mango. Yeah, and he and he uh, he looked good. So if he said he's better now than he than he was last year at this time, 
then that's a positive. Tell me if this is an overreaction, something I noticed. He talked about uh, having to run less, which you always hear running quarterbacks mm-hmm. in their second, third seasons. They're told, all right, we got to protect you. Don't run as much. But something that, part of that made Zach Wilson as good as we remember last season was his ability to just be carefree and run around and hit people while he was holding the ball. Is that going to affect it? So that's the age-old question right there. What do you do with a quarterback who is somewhat mobile – and that's part of what makes him so difficult to defend. Do you encourage him not to do that because you want to preserve him? Or do you let him go free? I, I think you try to um, help their judgment. Because it, it's really a judgment thing, right? Why, why can Russell Wilson play the way that he does in the NFL? Because he shouldn't. He shouldn't be able to, I should say. But he's really smart. He's really smart when he chooses to run and how he chooses to get out of bounds and all those sorts of things. You can help their judgment. So it, it turns into an effective weapon as opposed to a big-time risk. And some people, it's more risky than others. But also, it's, it's, you've got to go out there and play your game. And if running is, is an integral part of what you do in your game, like, like Taysom Hill, changing him into a drop-back type passer probably wasn't going to make a whole lot of sense because – he could run better and he could throw. What he running and using his legs was was critical to him being who he was. Did he pick up like sixteen hundred yards one year. I don't know if fifteen hundred. The the year he ran over Texas, I know it was. I know it was a lot. It was it was interesting because when Taysom took off running, it's almost like people anticipated that more than they did in some of his throws. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Steve Young when he was down there. When he took off running, that was when when the stadium came alive. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't so worry so much about when the stadium comes alive as much as I would scoring touchdowns. But the reason they, the stadium came alive was because he was so good at it. I'm just saying if if Taysom Hill has to run the ball 15 times a game to get BYU wins, well, then you're not going to discourage him from running the ball 15 times a game. Yeah, yeah. So does Zach Wilson? Um, does but he? But you're need, always scared. Does he need to be? Does he need to run the ball 15 times a game to be an effective quarterback at BYU, or could he run the ball five times a game and really choose when he does it? A lot of it has to do with how effective that run game is. Um. Okay, I see what you're getting at, and I don't necessarily disagree. However, Taysom Hill had Jamal Williams, and he still ran that much. Yeah, that's a good point. So I I, I agree with the premise. But, you know, that didn't stop Taysom. Remember when Alex Smith was having his success at Utah? He was running the ball 12 times a game. And they had uh, Quinton Ganther. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question, Austin. And I I, I don't know what the answer is yet with uh, young Zach Wilson. We'll find out. It, they definitely got a little more mobile with the quarterback once they put him in there compared to Tanner, certainly, yeah. who was dealing with know, recovering from an Achilles injury. It's not going to really allow you to run away from a whole lot of players, I think. <laughs> so our BYU fans going, Zach, run, baby, run! <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Roderick, he'll he'll let you run if, if that's part of your game. He said that before. But uh, And a lot of people bag on Travis Wilson, but I'll always say this about him. His judgment on when to run and when to pass was terrific. 
he would zone read handoff all game long, but on that third and eight in the fourth quarter when you're trying to come back, he'd keep that ball and scamper for 30 yards. Some might say it's because he was afraid to throw it because he was afraid he'd make a mistake and then a certain head coach would uh, be quite angry well, about Well, you that. can muddy the waters all you want, but Travis Wilson more than, won more than a couple of games doing that for well, Utah during his time up there. Well, including that Remember that? Right, exactly. So, again, it's I, I think it's about touchdowns. And I you don't want him think, to have good judgment. Look, I don't think Kyle Whittingham, I don't think uh, uh, Kalani, anybody, name anybody. Uh, if, if your quarterback knows what he has to do to win the freaking game for you, you're going to be all for it. Exactly. But you'll always have doubters like us who say, well, he should pass the ball more. Well, I mean, yeah, but there are fundamental questions that you ask about and philosophical stuff about, I mean – you know, slide. Don't take on the tackler head on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think unless you're Taysom Hill and you're built like a Mack truck. And yeah, in that he's case, bigger than the linebacker. Yeah, run him down and keep going. <laughs> Look for the contact. Want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up tomorrow from noon to three at Sound Sleep Medical, eighty nine forty one South, seven hundred East, right there in Sandy. We'll have more big show coming up for you right around the corner here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jay Drew, Salt Lake Tribune. What do you got as Kalani's job status going forward? Most schools, when they want to re-sign a coach, they do it when he's going into the second to last year of his deal, which Kalani is doing. BYU tends to do things differently. That's what Tom Holmo's response has been when we've asked him. I guess I would say if he doesn't go to a bowl game this year, I think he would definitely be on the hot seat. I think you can say that pretty safely. So I think he's probably safe this year, but who knows? It's hard to predict what BYU does, as you guys know. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show on a total request Tuesday. This goes out to Unky Ben on Twitter, who says, "My college roommate uh, through the bridge in Outcast. Hey ya song. Hey ya song. <laughs> Shake it like a portly white preacher instead of a Polaroid picture. A portly, a portly white, white preacher. preacher. How about I would that? make fun of that if it weren't for the fact that everybody screws up. To, I mean, half the time we, none of us knows what was really said, right?" Yeah, but that's a funny one. <laughs> Want to remind you about the Tour of Utah podcast at 1280thezone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the Tour of Utah race. So make sure and check that out. And friend. shake it like a poorly white preacher. A poorly yeah, white exactly. preacher indeed. PK has a funny one with his beautiful wife, Jackie, who uh, thought, what's the song? She said, uh, down where the police come. I forget the uh, I forget that man I forget the song that she confused that with. My wife admits to messing up a, a number of lyrics, and it's so funny because people are singing along, you know, and they're singing the song, and they, and they got their interpretation of what the song is. It's completely wrong. They're singing their hearts out. Happens a lot. 
That's okay. My good friend Dusty on Twitter uh, points out that uh, I wasn't listening to you very well. Dusty, you're right. I screwed that one up. That's all right. We we it happens to the best <laughs> you of were us. Talking about Once it, in a while. What review it? What were you I was saying? talking about Travis Wilson's decision making on the read option for when to run were really good. He was really good at that. About when to hand it off to the running back or when to keep it himself <laughs> as and opposed to the triple option where he was looking downfield to throw. As he seemed to set it up and save him running the ball for Ideal opportunities. That's I all I was saying. Yeah. So, but so, it's okay. Sorry, I it's wasn't fine. paying close enough attention. You wanted to take a shot at wit. That's what you do. It's fine. No, no, I didn't. But did. <laughs> but did. Uh, it's it's all right. Nope. Uh, can I run this by you real quick here, Gordon? Sure. Um, this isn't a major story today, but as the NCAA has kind of adjusted how it does a few things in regards to college uh, basketball, they've allowed them to um, – well, test the waters for the NBA draft, right? And now one of the alterations is they're going to be able to consult an agent and still return right. back to school yeah. if they pull out. So the NCAA has officially added criteria for agents – who want to represent these student-athletes, all right? Uh, one, you have to have a bachelor's degree. You have to be two, certified with the NBA Players Association for a minimum of three years. And three, take an in-person exam at the NCAA office in Indianapolis. So, in other words, qualify the individual. So, it, it, it makes it so that he's more able to, to represent well. So, a lot of people are taking this as a slight toward Rich Paul. Because mm. he does not have a bachelor's degree. Well, what do you think about that? Do you think that's necessary? Okay, so what I think is necessary, whether or not the bachelor's degree accomplishes this or not, is you have to weed out the riffraff. Mm. You've got to have some sort of set of standards because there's a lot of people looking to glom on to these prospects. I understand that, but does having a bachelor's degree qualify you to give that good advice. See, that's why I'm saying I don't know if this accomplishes yeah. that or not. I, I think that certified with the NBA PA, I think that's a really good thing. I've got no problem with the in-person exam because then you have to get you, – you're getting somebody that's serious about it, right? Mm -hmm. If you make them jump through a few hoops, then it's not just somebody trying to make a quick buck exploiting somebody else. And I know you have to protect and you're trying to add layers to make it so, but I've known some people who – wouldn't have fit that criteria who are pretty darn good. You know? I agree. So I don't know if the, the, the bachelor's degree one, I, I find it a bit curious. But I do think you need to provide some sort of set of standards to keep to. You want agents. Listen, agents get a, a rap as kind of sleazy sometimes. And not all the agents out there certainly are that way. Mm -hmm. I think there are there agents that are uh, genuinely trying to represent the best interests in their in players and do it as a profession. And I think you want to create enough red tape that you you at least try to, to connect those agents with these college players and not necessarily um, agents that, uh, that aren't qualified or, or don't have the best interest of the player at heart. Yes. Yeah, I mean... So that, that does make some sense yeah, to me. I get it. But the bachelor's degree part, eh, you know, that's I an take it or leave it. That's an interesting discussion because there are a lot of people listening to our show right now who might not have a degree, a college degree, but who are very capable 
I knew somebody once who I represented when I worked uh, for the LA Times. I had a friend who was an editor at a, at a mid-sized newspaper, and I suggested that they invite her to come uh, interview for a, uh, for, for a job. Uh, it, but they, I found out after she got there that there were some people who were running interference because she did not have her degree. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. She's a great editor. Great. And ended up being like this editor who ran a bunch of newspapers. But so, it, I don't know, at that time I remember wondering uh, what the usefulness is. I want my kids to graduate from college if they can. I mean, that I always encourage them to do that. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're more capable than somebody who doesn't have that piece of paper. I agree, but there are certain professions out there that you have to create the standards to ensure in, to ensure that they're going to do their job. Like do, Doctor? Like, like maybe there's <laughs> a, a person out there that uh, really could, uh, could um, do surgery better than anybody else out there, and he's never been to a lick of college a day in his life. But you know what? I don't want to find out. Oh, I, I, so, yeah, exactly. That's they're right. There are some professions, or I guess that's pretty important for lawyers. You gotta you gotta pass the bar. But we, but uh, in our listenership, we have many people who hire, who do hiring, running their business or whatever. I, I'd be curious to know whether having having uh, in all cases having that degree was the end all be all. Uh, my wife is just weighing in on this. You interested in her sure. opinion? Yeah, always. It's, you know, it's, and you better be too. It's only once in a while that uh, you and I hit a topic that gets a response from uh, okay. from my wife. So, she says before taking the Utah bar exam, you have to pass a character and fitness exam. I think that might mean something like that. It's not foolproof, but it does use your past history as an example of how you might behave in the future. Huh. E.g., background check, uh, fulfilling financial obligations, etc. Yeah. Okay. So right, it doesn't eliminate the risk, but it does. I mean, it does make it a lot more difficult to exploit. Certainly, does anyone who didn't achieve a certain academic standard regret it now? I mean, somebody who's been a professional for a long time and has achieved some things. I wonder if how that path would have been different had a certain, you know, a certain standard been met academically. Well, I think that depends on what you aspire to be. He I mean, didn't Bill be... Gates drop out at Harvard? Yeah, right. And he was able to start his own company. So he was smart enough to, to, to win without all that right. rigmarole. But your dad got his doctorate, right? Yes. I, I bet that that really benefited him in his uh, career as a scientist. I suppose it did. And he was a big proponent of education. There's no doubt about but, that. I mean, if you want to be a radio bozo, I don't even think you need to make it past <laughs> the sixth grade. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny, actually. That's funny because it's so, true. So, so some professions, it would be a lot more useful uh, than others, it I suppose. Depends you, on what you're doing. Certainly that is the case. Is that why when you go into a doctor's office, they always have their certificates uh, up on the wall? That's exactly framed? why. Yeah. And do you look at them? Do I? Yeah. Have you ever looked uh, at them? I have. Yeah, I should, sure. Let's see, where'd this guy get? Yeah. <laughs> Boris University. <laughs> but but in the case of Rich Paul, just to, to draw this conversation to a, a conclusion, in his case, he's just going to get a bachelor's from the you know online university or whatever, and it's not going to impact him at all. But I, I don't know. The bachelor degree one was 
This seems superfluous. 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 Wow. Superfluous. Superfluous. But I get these certified. Like Mike Tyson would. I get it that uh, you want him to be certified by the NBA PA and, and make him take a test. That makes sense. I'm curious to know. You guys both have young children. Uh, have you thought this through? Do you want them to get a college degree? Is that something you're going to emphasize? Or how do you feel about it? Probably. Awesome. Well, I, I didn't get a college degree. I never actually finished college all the way through, and I feel like I uh, have got into the career I wanted to get in, if, whether I'd gone to college all the way through or not. Uh, I don't know if I had to work harder without that degree to get to where I am. I don't know. I think did you every ever get turned away from an opportunity because you did not have a, a degree. There were certain job openings that I could not apply for because the requirement to apply was you had to have a degree, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think it's individually pathed. Uh, so, but the the overall recipe, I guess, would be get it, and then you don't have to worry about whether or not you have it. So, we're certainly saving for her to get a college degree. So, <laughs> oh no, she wants Good. to go. She pays. That's how it is. I know. Jake's over there. You know, I would really like that vacation to uh, Thailand, but uh, maybe I won't dip into the college fund. Nope. (laughs) Again, getting to our uh, discussion at the beginning of the show, it's not really up to me anyway. (laughs) Because you just say yes, dear? Whatever she wants to do. Sounds good. Uh, I want to remind you about our friends at uh, Diamond Parking, Diamond Airport Parking, Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-15 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Not sports port. Coming up next, Jordan Love, top of the 5 o'clock hour right here on 97.5, 1280 of the zone. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union. The Southtown Auto Mall. And Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. To Ryan, who requested this one, apparently he thought it said there's a bathroom on the right. Actually, if you listen to it, it does sound like it. It was right then, yeah. It did kind of sound like it. That's a good one. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gorda, where are we going today? Well, we're not going to any specific place, but I have a question for you, Jake. Do you like 
Recreation. Recreation? Not recreation. Recreation. Uh, no? Let me give you two examples of it, okay? Have you seen these photos that people are doing where they, they, they have a shot when they're little kids and then 20 years later, as full-grown adults, they recreate the shot? Yeah, I think it's a little weird. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to judge. Do it's what you're going to do. But it's, it's I. It's kind of funny, actually, isn't it? No. Well, sure. Is it something that uh, that you're going to bring up no. to Lisa that you want to do with your family? No. no. Why not? Well, I don't. You know, I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's actually something I haven't really thought of doing personally, but I've seen other people do it. So I wondered how you thought about that. What you thought about that? And then another. Recreation is news that Disney is developing a Home Alone reboot. Mm. See now this this really bugs me. Like that you the, want just leave it alone. Yeah, Hollywood don't mess with it. It has run out of ideas. You know, do do we need to to reboot something that was great and make it crappy? Because that's alone, usually what happens. How are you going to make Home Alone better? You can't. But what you can do is get a bunch of people in Austin's in my generation who are nostalgic because we loved Home Alone as a kid. So we're willing to fork over whatever, 100 bucks for the entire family to go try and recreate that moment from our childhood, which is impossible. And, you know, your kids are going to be like, Dad, that was really stupid. You love this thing? Let me ask Mr. Movie. Now, when you reboot a movie that was a great success... Does that mean that you reshoot it, or does that mean you do it again but change it somehow, or does it mean a sequel, or what does that mean? Well, it's not a sequel. It's essentially a, the the it'll be Home Alone re, redone. They'll either redo it shot for shot, or they'll do the same story with a few tweaks. Why would you do that? Either way, it'll not. You do it for money, yeah. obviously, right? Did you see Home Alone three? No. Did you see Home Alone four? No. This is a horrible idea. Terrible idea. Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Great movies. Stop it there. Well, maybe that's why they've, they've tried the other, the sequel thing, and now they want to go back and see if they can make money by redoing that. Have you ever seen a movie that was redone that was better the second time? Never. Nope. How about... Uh, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. How about, uh, what was the one? All that, right, uh, all right. Well, uh, when you get into some of those traditional stories, like how many different versions of Robin Hood have there been, you know? Yeah. The first well, one probably suck. wasn't the Her best. Errol Flynn? Oh, terrible. <laughs> that actually gets like five stars or whatever. But, but. Uh, I mean, just leave well enough alone. Come up with a new story. Do we need to redo Home Alone? And, and Austin's going to really disagree with me on this, but I'm getting a little tired of the live action remakes. Did you I, see Lang? No, I haven't seen it. How can you say? How can you say that if you haven't seen the movie? Yeah, but the critics were weren't all that enthusiastic. The critics, yes. Yeah, so my home and nose is another film. Wait, you not are good. a critic. No, I am not. If you would listen to the damn show, you would know that we are not critics. We well, say every week you? that we're not yeah, critics. Yeah, but I hear you express your opinion. That's we say we're two guys that like movies talking about. Well, that makes you a critic. No, that's not a critic. Uh, you can call yourself not a critic, but you are a critic. Everybody's a critic, <laughs> except me. Exactly. Uh, how about the three? 10 to Yuma. Did you see that? Yep. Remake uh, was not good. Was not good. How about... Uh, Especially since I watched the original like a week before I watched the remake and then it's like, yeah, this is No not, comparison? No. How about True Grit? 
I say I'm the rare guy that didn't like either of them. So I heard someone say the other day they liked the second one better. Hans said that, and and that was that was fine. It was okay. I don't. If if you really loved a movie, I wonder if you love it so much that you want it to be redone so you can revisit it, or whether it is so sacred to you that you don't want anybody touching it. Well, people think they want it redone, and then they see the redo, and then they go, oh. That was a mistake. <laughs> Why did, uh, yeah, they should have left well enough alone. Well, all uh, you all out there, recreate. Come and join The Zone at ARUP this Friday from 10 until 3 p.m. at ARUP Blood Services, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life, donate some blood. Takes only about 30 minutes, and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card and a popcorn voucher, not to mention great jazz gear. Jordan Love, quarterback of Utah State, joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Second year BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson. Your shoulder and the rehabilitation and what you've gone through, where are you at percentage-wise? Do you attach a percentage to your, your shoulder strength and your throwing ability? It's not 100%, obviously, but you know it's good enough if I had to play or good enough to come out here and run scrimmages and practice and stuff. And Every day is a little bit different. Some days you feel better, some days you feel worse, and you know I kind of just play it by day. I definitely feel like by the first game I'll be 100%. I'll be better than what I was last year. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest key. I think it's almost a blessing in disguise, and I'm learning to have to do other things to compensate for my arm being down, and so I think that's a you know a good thing. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.